Good morning. This is the message for Palm Sunday. I invite you to pray with me. O Lord God, on this most holy day, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be acceptable in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So, Palm Sunday, one week before Easter. In more ordinary days, it is a celebration we look forward to. Parents and grandparents are especially excited. We get our children dressed for church and they assemble before the service with their Sunday school classmates. We give them a palm branch and we tell them to call out Hosanna as they walk into the church to the sounds of all glory, laud, and honor or ride on King Jesus. This is how they learn the story of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. What a great way for a child to learn a Bible story. I take part in this way of telling the story every year. I enjoy it as a parent and also as a pastor. It's a great day to be in a full church and afterwards maybe there'll be brunch with the grandparents. Of course, this year is different. No places open for brunch, and the pews in our churches are empty for very good and faithful reasons. So what does this story and this day mean for us in a time when our usual ways are being turned upside down? The sweet version of this story is not unique to our children. It's my hunch that by the time we are adults, most of us have internalized this story in a way that is much more naive than what was intended. I am indebted to Brian Blunt. He's the president of Union Theological Seminary in Virginia. Not long ago, I heard him preach a great sermon on this story. I'll include a link to it in today's worship posting. Blunt points out that most of us come to this story not seeing Jesus for the real down-to-earth person who he was. Instead, we see him as a miraculous sort of Jedi Knight who knows how the future is going to turn out before it happens. So we smile at the magic of him sending the disciples to get this colt that has never been ridden from an owner who will give it away when the disciples say that the Lord needs it. We imagine a perfect Jesus making his way through the Jerusalem gate looking as flawless and harmless as a float in the Macy's parade and riding a donkey so perfect that it never once poops on the path. Well, we might have gotten away with that naive telling of the story in Palm Sundays of the past, but the problem with that naive story is that it is irrelevant in days such as these. So this year... Let's return to the real story of Palm Sunday. The real story is not naive. It is inspiring. It is edgy. It is powerful. Revolutionary, even. It tells us that God has something to say about the challenges we are facing. If you want to know what Jesus had in mind as the true meaning of Palm Sunday, you have to begin by looking back at the meaning of his ministry. We could trace the stories of Jesus' generous spirit, his reckless love, his questioning of old traditions about food and Sabbath and justice. But it is perhaps more helpful to just remember how Jesus described his purpose himself. 
In Luke chapter 4, right as his ministry is getting started, Jesus visits a synagogue, and he gets up and reads from the scriptures to people who are listening, and this is what he chooses to read. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. These are words from the prophet Isaiah. Jesus understands this to be what God has been up to right from the start and what God intends for all of us. These words become the essence of Jesus' ministry. Helping the powerless, paying attention to people who the rest of the world ignores, demanding justice that restores people to life. This is what Jesus says he will do, and this is what he does at every step of his ministry. The problem Jesus will face is that his vision threatens everything that preserves power and privilege as it is in his world. The Roman imperial authorities who ran the government and the religious authorities who ran the temple were the beneficiaries. They were at the top of an economic and social period pyramid that preserved the power, authority, and money of the elites through a series of taxes and ritual sacrifices paid for by regular, hard-working people. Jesus called these systems into question every time that he proclaimed good news to the poor and the coming of the year of the Lord's favor. That's what those phrases mean. And that that is why Jesus rode into Jerusalem and knew what he was up against. Jerusalem was symbolic of all of the power and privilege of the day, and Jesus knew that when he arrived in Jerusalem, they were going to kill him. Jesus went anyway. That is what we celebrate on Palm Sunday that Jesus rode into Jerusalem with a purpose, a message of love and hope, peace and justice, not only to be enjoyed by the powerful and privileged, but for all of God's people, and especially for those who suffered the most. I've heard the Palm Sunday story described as an elaborate piece of street theater, and I've come to think that that is accurate. It seems unlikely to me that Jesus is trying to look magical in this story. It seems much more likely that he is sending a message that is consistent with the rest of his ministry. When you think about the message of justice and mercy Jesus has preached throughout his life, when you remember that as soon as he gets to Jerusalem, he is going to go to the temple and overturn the tables of the corrupt money changers. When you remember this pattern, these persistent challenges to oppressive power, it is clear what Jesus is up to when he sends his disciples for a donkey. You see, the occupied people of Jerusalem would have seen their share of military parades. The Roman guards riding through the streets on magnificent war horses with their chariots, weapons gleaming, reminding the occupied people of Jerusalem who was in charge. 
the soldiers would be cheered on by peasants who were probably being paid, paid to do it or were being forced to do it. Jesus gets on a donkey to mock the parade of the empire. And it worked. It worked. We know that it worked because when this popular revolutionary rabbi, rabbi from the country of Galilee rode into the Jerusalem on a donkey, they cheered without being forced or even asked to do it. They knew that Jesus was on their side. So they pulled branches from the trees and the very cloaks off their back and they laid him, them in his path and they shouted, Hosanna, which, by the way, means save us, Lord. They cheered Jesus because they knew Jesus was the one worth addressing as Lord. He was the one who had actually earned their allegiance by the life he lived. What does this story mean for us? What does it mean for us in the midst of the suffering of our own time and the coronavirus that faces us today? It means that God is on the side of those who are suffering, and we are called as a community to do everything we can to help. On our church's website today, Knox.org, we are prominently featuring five mission partners that Knox is actively supporting as we address critical emergency needs. These partners of ours are feeding hungry children and families and housing families and children who are homeless. These are trusted organizations that we know well. Please visit the site and help us. Perhaps even more to the point of Jesus' message on that first Palm Sunday is this. There is going to be a lengthy recovery effort when it comes to the coronavirus, and it involves the plight of the most vulnerable people in our community. With each passing day, as Anna and I work from home and care for our children, make good faith efforts to be their school teachers, we are tired. And we are continually reminded of just how good we have it. What an extraordinary burden is being carried by others. Single parents, families where breadwinners have lost their jobs, parents who must leave home for work, even though kids are home from school, children who do not have the capability to join their classes online, home environments where domestic violence and other instabilities are on the rise in the midst of this crisis. These are the students and parents and families who were fighting an uphill battle before any of us ever heard of COVID-19. There is going to be a long, necessary time of repair in our community whenever the new normal emerges. We need to make our spirits ready. Make no mistake about it, Jesus rode into Jerusalem for all of us, and Jesus rode especially for the most vulnerable children of God. There's one more detail of the Palm Sunday story that seems worth talking about. We know that Jesus planned to get attention. We know that it worked, because when he arrived in Jerusalem with the people shouting Hosanna, Luke tells us 
that the religious authorities ran up to him and demanded that he quiet them down. Luke 19.39 says, Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. Jesus said something strange. He answered, I tell you, if these people were silent, the stones would shout out. What in the world did that mean? I'm again indebted to Brian Blunt, who offered me a new insight on that comment that I've heard so many times. You see, God's good news for the world is so powerful, so good, so true, that there is no way it can be silenced, ever. No Roman army, no religious aristocracy, and no coronavirus will ever be powerful enough to silence the restorative message of the love of God. This is the depth of the care and compassion that Jesus has for people who suffer. God's power is enough to work through us, however weak we may feel. So Jesus says, If the crowd were silent, even the stones would shout out. And what he is suggesting is, can we be at least as faithful, at least as expressive, at least as active as a rock? Well, of course we can. We can allow God's power to flow through us. However helpless we may feel and however humble our gifts may be, God will see us through. God has not forgotten us. God is present with all of us, with parents who are overwhelmed, with the most vulnerable people who are seeking to fight depression and loneliness as they shelter in place, with people who continue to run the supermarket and make deliveries and pick up garbage so that we can all go on living, with the school employees and church and nonprofit volunteers working to provide food with the sick and the dying, and with the healthcare professionals putting their lives on the line and making heartbreaking decisions at risk to themselves, and doing so willingly. Generations of faithful people have been inspired by Jesus' struggle for justice. God has not forgotten us. We have the ability to give, to share, to love one another, to reach out in care and connection even as physical distance demands. We may feel helpless, stuck, without the resources we need, but I believe that whatever suffering is before us, Jesus Christ who rode into Jerusalem, who spoke up on behalf of others, will give us the strength we need for the days ahead. I believe that the power of God's grace, thousands of years old, proven through every war, famine, disease, and suffering of any kind, will once again lead us to speak, to act, to march into the Jerusalems of our world with the power of God at our side. Thanks be to God. Amen.